Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together in your name, Lord, in your house, and just praise you and worship you. Lord, thank you so much for, for all the blessings that you give us in our lifetimes, Lord. We just ask that we can give the glory all to you, Lord. Because as we end this time of worship, Father, just let everything we have go to you. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. It's your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Some of y'all are still tired from the 5K yesterday. I know I am. Um, but we had a great time out there doing the Jingle for Jesus. It was an awesome turnout. That we ended up with like 55 runners, which actually adds up to over $1,000. Um, so that was fantastic. So praise the Lord for that. I'm about to take a, a, a moment uh, to invite you back tonight for church. We're going to have the Christmas cantata, the adult Christmas cantata at 6 p.m. right here in the Rock tonight. Um, it's going to be a great time to get to see some of the some of the cast and hear the choir. They sound great. Um, so please join us for that. Um, we're going to have a great morning of worship this morning. We're going to worship with baptism and the, symbol, the symbolism of people going from death to life and giving their lives to the Lord. Um, that's just something we want to celebrate here. Um, that's an awesome decision that changes your life forever, and we're excited about that. So keep that in mind as we're going through our worship this morning that, that you know, we serve a great and mighty God who saved us from, from sin and from ourselves and from our selfishness. Um, and that's, that's the decision that these people have made, and they're, they're publicly proclaiming that to the Lord. So let's just all publicly proclaim that as we sing this morning. As we not sing yet. Not morning. yet. Not sing yet. You, it'll be a while before we sing. Sorry, that worked things out. Now, real quick, uh, before we start baptism, and Ryan uh, pointed out uh, so clearly, this is a great picture of, of you know people coming from death and being raised to life through Jesus Christ. And as we um, have made a push uh, to raise money for the Lottie Mission, Lottie Move Mission offering uh, this uh, this month and the past couple of months, um, you know that's what it's all about is people that may not ever hear the gospel uh, having the opportunity to hear the gospel and come to know their Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord Jesus is our Savior. Um, so we've got a video, um, and it's uh, uh, just an excerpt from a sermon uh, by David Platt, who's the um, president of the Inter International... I cannot talk this morning. The songs are going to be interesting if I don't get this worked out by the time... Uh, but he's the president of the International Mission Board. Um, his heart uh, is just for people. Uh, to come to know Christ. Um, if you've ever met him, if you've ever had the chance to listen to him, you know that's his heart. Uh, and so this is a little excerpt that just kind of calls us to, to look at the, you know, the possibility of there's unheard people group. There's people groups out there that have not heard the word of Jesus Christ and, and the call to get the word, get the message of Jesus Christ to those people. Um, so listen, and then we'll go right into baptism. who don't even have access to this gospel. Which means, if nothing changes, they will be born, they will live, and then they will die. Without ever having heard. Which means, followers, they have, Romans 1 makes clear, they have knowledge of God, of this God. And they, like Isaiah, and like all of us, have rebelled against this God. And woe is upon them. They are lost. And 
and you know how they can be found. You have, you, I'm talking to right where you're sitting, not just the person in front of you, beside you, behind you, you, you know how they can be saved forever. So I implore you, in your life and your family, no matter what age or stage you are, to rise before this God and say, here I am, sinner. How could there be any other option? Then say, I'll, I'll pray however, I'll give whatever, I'll go whatever. Some people might be tempted to think, well, this is just good. This is too, I'm not ready for this kind of level and my, my relationship with Christ. This is for the more mature. This is basic elemental Christianity. This is Luke 9. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself, pick up a cross and follow me. This is what it means to follow Christ. You have sacrificed. We have Christians sacrificed the right to determine the direction of our lives. We don't call the shots anymore. All of our resources are His. All of our time, all of our money, and our future. It all belongs to Him. So, uh, that's the call uh, to give. Uh, to, to give, as He put it, to give your life. But as we we should give our life to, to letting others know. Um, but today and in the weeks ahead, I would ask if you haven't given to a lot of you to please take some time in prayer with you, your family, um, and just see what God has uh, laid on your lay on your heart to give. Because the um, message needs to go forth. We can't all go, um, but we can't all go to these unheard people groups. So there are people that God has called to do that, and that we, these offerings help support that call. So, uh, be in prayer about that in the next few weeks. And I think we're ready for baptism. Thought we were ready for baptism. We'll have some awkward silence right now if I want to.
In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of the dead, raised in His
What a great honor to see a husband and wife, Amen. father and mother come professing Jesus Christ and setting the standard for a Christian family. And so I've got Coy and Jamie Tippett today, and it's just a, a great joy to come and be able to, as pastor baptize y'all together today. Coy, are you going to heaven? Yes. You believe that? Yes. No matter what. Yes. Jamie, same. So you died tonight, where are you going? Amen. Stand right here and watch me done for husband. <laughs> In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of the dead. <laughs> Listen, not only are they godly husband, wife, father, mother, uh, served as firefighter, EMS, nurse, and uh, what uh, a blessing to know that people in our community, uh, when they see the, the worst of the worst situations, they will have the presence of Christ with them, be an example of hope uh, in hopeless times. So uh, we're very thankful. Boy and for Jane. In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of the death, When you baptize so much that the water starts running down your arms. Taylor, have you been saved? You're going to heaven? See? Jesus can do anything if he can save the Yankees from Massachusetts. <laughs> I love Taylor. And, uh, Taylor had originally committed to do this about a year ago. Uh, but a lot of things come up, things change, but Jesus never changes, does he? He's never left you. And you come back to him being faithful, going to Sunday school, serving the Lord, going to college, and we're so proud of you and for your example of what a young Christian lady should be. So we're thrilled to have you here today. In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of His death, raised in the means of life.
another example that doesn't just happen to eight-year-olds and five-year-olds and twelve-year-olds. Uh, that God is faithful. And Russ, have you been saved? Going to heaven? Another father, another husband, setting an example church. This is revival. When you see this going on, Russ, I'm so proud of you. And uh, especially because you have a wonderful wife that cooks a really good cheesecake. <laughs> and uh, it's a wonderful blessing to be for young Sunday school class. But we're proud of you and uh, your testimony of Christ in the Bible. In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of His death, raised in the newness of life. Today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, at the end of the service, come and let me know. 
and say, I want to be obedient in baptism. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen to the gospel this morning. Listen to what Christmas is all about. Trust Jesus to change your life. Give you courage to step out. To be all that God has made you to be, just like these precious nine lives this morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the evidence, not of our works, but of yours. Lord, all of this is about the sinless Savior dying on a cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, and risen on the third day. Lord, we're here at the Christmas season. All of that happened because your Son, in obedience to your will, left all of heaven's glory, born of a virgin, to come, walk among men, live without sin, to give his life for all of us. Lord, may we trust you today. May your will be done in everything that's said and done. Bless these precious lives and families that have taken this step in obedience to you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, the first line of this next song says, He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. Um, that's what it's all about. That's what baptism uh, Jesus Christ is all about. It's uh, Jesus Christ taking our sins upon his shoulders and nailing it to the cross. So let's stand and work for our soul.
Jesus Christ came as a babe and died. Lived the perfect life and was nailed to a cross uh, that we can have that joy, that unspeakable joy. Um, <clears throat> one of the coolest things about reading the Bible to me is just seeing how so many years ago things were prophesied and then how many of them were fulfilled through the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And back in Isaiah um, chapter 7, it says, Therefore, Lord himself, uh, the Lord himself, will you give a sign? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And then if you flip on over to <clears throat> chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. But the throne of David and of his kingdom, to establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. And from this time forth and forevermore. So you got, on back, Isaiah prophesied. And then on a... What started out probably as a silent night, shepherds out in the field, um, just minding their own, watching their sheep, and um, amazingly a heavenly host appears, taking a silent night, turning it into probably a not so silent night, um, telling them that Jesus Christ was born, the Savior was born, and he'd be found in a stable wrapped in swaddling clothes, born to that virgin, Mary, and then Think about in the stable. It probably wasn't a silent night. Um, been there when two kids were born, and it probably wasn't, and it wasn't too silent. Um, so you just imagine uh, it wasn't. But you know what the song that we're gonna sing, "Silent Night," gets to is yes, it was peaceful, it was quiet, and our Savior came to the earth, um, and. He went on to live that perfect life for us, for me, for you. Um, he took, he went on to grow up to be a man who was nailed to a cross, a brutal death for me and for you, that we might have salvation. So as we celebrate the birth of our Savior this time of year, without the birth, there is no hope of a death and resurrection. And taking our sin, our sin debt would not be paid. So, as we rejoice in the birth, we also rejoice in the faithfulness of our Father to provide us away. And it all started on one silent night. So worship and sing those.
Turn with me this morning in the Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There is a movie, not too old, a Christmas movie, one that I like uh, very much. It's funny, it's hilarious. But it gives the idea and even points to a lack of Christmas spirit as the reason for certain miraculous things not to happen. It says there's just not enough Christmas spirit anymore. In some years, I'm just not feeling it. And we relate it to weather. We relate it to other things. But we say, well, just not feeling it this year. Now look at that idea, that plot, that there's just not enough Christmas spirit to make things fly, to make things happen. There's a certain element of truth in that. Parties, gifts, music, gatherings, shopping, or but a few Christmas experiences. The older we get, we talk about Christmas experiences from the past. Things will remind us. We talk about when I was five, when I was 12, and what I got when I was 17. And we look back, and many times with great fond memories, we remember the experiences of Christmas. But you see, what really matters, the truth of Christmas, is redemption. Jesus Christ. And Oswald Chambers said redemption is not based on our experience. But rather our experience of what Christmas is really about is based solely upon our redemption. Our redemption through and by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. No wonder Christmas can seem any materialistic, even downright depressing. Because there is no spirit of what Christmas is all about. Church, we should not be surprised when people put zombies in an attendance thing. We should not be surprised when they want any element of Christmas removed from schools and from courthouses and anything in the world. Because until the church of the living God, who follows the true spirit of Christ, raises up and tells the world that it's not about shopping. It's all of that is good in its own place, but it's trivial when it comes to what Christmas is all about. We must grasp, though the world does not have or understand, we must show the world the real spirit of Christmas. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received. It's hard to teach an eight-year-old that it's better to give than receive. Now they have a great spirit of giving. They're very loving. And, and that, besides being there and, and getting to enjoy seeing someone pass from death into life, 
Baptism is the next best thing. I mean, Mike and I were back there talking about what a blessing it is. To see testimonies and just to be a part of there, it's almost like a secret society that goes on in that room. And if you've ever been baptized here, you know what I'm talking about. And we just, we have a blast. We worship before we ever come out here. We enjoy, we laugh, and we just relish people's obedience in believer's baptism. Do you know that our forefathers of the faith, men, men and women died for that right there? And they said, oh no, it can't be believer's baptism. You've got to understand, baptism washes away sin. But we understand that God's Word teaches that it is only by the blood of Jesus Christ may our sins be removed. He said right here, we have received. Not the spirit of the world. Not the 80 foot Christmas trees. Not all the trappings of the gifts and the dresses and uh, the parties and the drinking and the, the just everything. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas music. Some don't like it. That's fine. I do. I love it. I love all kinds of it. I just don't want to sit here George Michael sing a Christmas song. I love it. I, I love that element of the year. When he gets Thanksgiving, I'm ready to listen to Christmas music. I love to hear Wayne in the manger. Listen, I love to hear my mother sing that. Do you see it took greater significance once my experience was changed because of redemption. He said right here, we have received, received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of who? God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. That's what I just said. Natural man doesn't get this. They don't understand during this busy time of Christmas when there's so much to do in family gatherings that you would take time out to come and worship. It really doesn't understand why you would blow an entire Saturday morning to go run a race to raise money for missionaries around the globe. They don't get that. That little woman over there, the picture, Lottie Moon, she got it. She understood Coming out of a little place called Cartersville, Georgia. Some of you that are football fans might know where it's at now after this weekend. Yeah, surprise the world won the state championship in their, in their classification. But way before they had a good football team, a little woman in the 1800s went to China and gave her life because she understood the spirit of God. God moved upon her, changed her life. She was very brilliant, come from a wealthy home, and she didn't, she didn't want any part of all that, but God's power and His Spirit overcame her, saved her, sent her, and she gave her life, dying on a ship, coming back home after being sick and giving away everything to present the gospel 
the lost Chinese. Now on Saturday morning, members of Eastside got out, they baked cakes, and they come out and they ran 3.1 miles up and down hills over Claxton, Georgia. They paid to do that. Yet they didn't get paid to run. They paid to run. But they got a t-shirt. That's not why they did it. They did it because we have a goal of $10,000 plus to go to our international missionaries. Every single dime of the Light Moon Christmas offering. Every dime that was brought in from that race yesterday. Everything from our Light Moon Christmas offering goes to send missionaries because the Spirit of God teaches us that we have received a gift and we need to be telling the world there's hope. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that next Sunday night we'll come and we will sit around and have a Lord's Supper and remember what Jesus did for us. That He's coming back again. He tells us the natural man does not understand. For they are foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him. But we, believers, have the mind of Christ. Listen, I want to very quickly go over a few points of what the real spirit of Christmas is all about. Number one, it's the spirit of redemption. The spirit of redemption. Look over in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Just a few pages. Galatians 3.13 says this. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Christ hath redeemed us. The spirit of redemption is what Christmas is all about. Church, we are worthless without Jesus Christ. I know some days I think I'm all that. All of us do. Sometimes we just get happy with ourselves. You know, proud of ourselves. Man, I'm proud I did that. I'm proud of man, I did good today. But understand that without Jesus Christ, you're nothing but a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. You're even less than that. You're as filthy rags in the sight of the Holy God. We are useless, worthless without the precious blood of the Lamb. Stop thinking so high of yourself. We must understand that it's all because God so loved the world that He sent His Son a ransom paid for a full release. There's some things worth paying for. Understand that? Y'all believe that? There's some things worth paying for. You can ask the women here who have been through childbirth. It was not the most fun event of their life, but they're glad they did. Because they love their precious children. The Bible teaches that. But he teaches that as an example of the deep suffering Jesus went through to provide a payment for you and I. That when we were worthless, when nothing in our lives mattered, 
Jesus died for the ungodly. Church, he is the ransom. That's what the spirit of redemption is about. It's buying that which meant nothing. It means nothing. In the hands of someone who is not musically inclined, a Stradivarius violin is worthless. But you put that same instrument in the hand of someone who is well trained and versed in musical theory and has a practice and prepared to do what that instrument was made for, the Stradivarius is one of the most, if not the most expensive instruments in the world. You and I are worthless till Jesus inrushes and indwells us with the Spirit of God and then you're the most priceless possession in the world. Because you become a child of the King. The Spirit of Christmas is the Spirit of redemption. Buying that which is worthless. It's a ransom paid. But it, the whole spirit of redemption is not just this payment idea, but it's also for that which has been paid for to be removed from the slavery of sin. It's much as if, and if you've studied history at all, in the dark, dark, dismal, and embarrassing days of the United States of America, we had slaves shipped here and would stand up on blocks on town squares, and people would bid on them as if they were property. They would bid on different people. And they were people, but they didn't see them as people. They saw them as tools. And they would bid on them just as if they were an animal. And whoever was the highest bidder would buy that slave and take him home to do whatever work they wanted done. You and I were slaves under sin. Some of us here today still are. Standing on the auction block for the world, whatever is the highest bidder. Popularity, money, relationships, what is it that you're a slave to? And yet in the back of the crowd, pushing through all of that, Jesus stands before a world that does not understand and cries out, For them. It is that removal is taking us down from being a spectacle of sin and establishing our goings, as David said in Psalm 40. It means to be restored to value, taking that which is worthless, restoring to matter. How? How has all that happened? I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter 10. Verse 43 tells us there is a spirit of remission. The true spirit of Christ is about redemption and it's about remission. Acts 10.43 says, To him gave all the prophets witness. Every prophet, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Habakkuk, Obadiah, Micah, Samuel, Elijah, Elisha, all the prophets said the exact same thing. That through his name, the name of Jesus Christ, 
No other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. That through his name, whosoever believes in him should receive remission of sins. What do we say when someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, that dreaded C word, my grandmother wouldn't let that word be spoken in her prayer, ever. If you ever even got close to it, she heard it coming, she had stuck shut you down. She didn't let that word be spoken in her prayer. It's a dreaded word. Many of you have been there. Some of you are going through it now. But what do we say when through treatments of God's hand of, of healing comes on them? What do we describe when the cancer is gone? What do we call it? Say it. They're in remission. What does that mean? Well, we, we think of it means cancer's gone. We're going to leave it. Well, guess what? He says it right here in this scripture that is the remission of sins. It means true Forgiveness. There is no forgiveness like a mom and daddy's forgiveness. You can have a best friend. I mean, BFFs. I mean, all the hearts and emojis and all that kind of stuff. Selfies together. You've been on trips here and have a falling out. And you can forgive that sometimes it's hard to get over some of that stuff. But a mom and daddy's love is a mom and daddy's love. But that which goes way beyond anything the most godly parent here today is the love of the Heavenly Father who gives forgiveness. See, the thing is, He sent Jesus to die for you before you even realized you were a sinner. Before you were even born, God knew that when you were born, you were born a sinner. There was no hope without Jesus. And so before the foundation of the world, God knowing that man would disobey, He prepared His Son to come, step out of eternity, made a little lower than the angels, to redeem that which was, well, worthless. I like forgiveness because I mess up. Mom and Dad forgive me. My wife forgives me. The church members forgive me. My kids forgive me. Because I let them down. I let everybody down. From time to time, I'm going to let you down. I pray I don't, but chances are, I will. There's a special time when someone says, I forgive you. There's nothing like the day, August 1972, when I knelt in an altar of repentance. And I prayed, oh dear God, I'm lost. I'm going to hell. Come into my life, wash away my sins, and save me. And my Heavenly Father, through Scripture and His Spirit, says, I forgive you. Did that do anything for you? Do you remember that experience? Because you see, every true experience that's mattered since that point was based on redemption, not the other way around. Our redemption is not based on how we feel that day, how happy, how sad, how broken, how ugly. No, it's all about Jesus. Redemption declares our experience. And it's because the spirit of redemption and forgiveness and that pardoned freedom setting us free. See, when Jesus died and saved us, those of you who were baptized this morning, understand you have not just been forgiven from the penalty of sin, dying going to hell. 
But God has empowered you with His Spirit over the power of sin. The Bible says that we can walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Paul said, but you've got to die daily. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I that now lives, but it is Christ who lives within me. I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. That's the spirit of Christmas, church. That's the spirit of Christmas. I love a pretty Christmas tree. I've been to New York and saw the one at Rockefeller Center. Unbelievable. Growing up, we'd go downtown and see the one on top of Ridges. Watch the lighting. Thanksgiving night. Ride the big pig. I've seen some remarkable, glorious things, but there is nothing like that old rugged cross. That is the true tree of Christmas. You see, it's a spirit of redemption. It's a spirit of remission. But it's a spirit of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says it this way. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. Bringing back together. Because listen, we talked about this Wednesday night. The earth groaning. The body of Christ groaning for His appearing. But before that, it was a groan of brokenness, enmity, separation from a holy God. But through the Spirit of Christ, through the power of God coming to this earth, today, church, he says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. There is hope. There is hell. It is, God brings us together. Look, 51 years old. I've seen all kinds of concoctions from politicians say, we're going to bring them together. I got news for you. The only thing that's going to bring the Middle Eastern countries together is Jesus. That's it. I don't care Republican, Democrat, Independent, Whig Party. I don't care who it is. You're not going to get it. An Arab and a Jew and a Christian together. In Jerusalem, there are three marketplaces in that, in that realm. There is the Christian marketplace, there is the Jewish marketplace, and there is the Muslim marketplace. The Muslims are closed on Friday. The Jews are closed on Saturday. Christians are closed on Sunday. Jewish law says you cannot be open seven days a week. We can learn a lesson from them in Chick-fil-A, can we? This is the Lord's day. But they're separated. But I got news for you. When Jesus Christ comes back, not in the rapture, but in that second coming, puts his foot on a rock and bears that rod of iron, he's going to bring the nations together. And all those who said, oh no, that Jesus is weak. He's a crutch. It's just something to prop you up. I don't need all that stuff. I feel good. I am good. I don't need religion, Jesus is going to come. The Bible tells us in that even day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Lead us 
place in rebellion today. And understand you can either confess Him today as your Lord and Savior, or you will confess Him as you're cast out into a lake of fire. But you will confess Him. Make no mistake about it. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. The angels all day long, all through eternity, cries, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Wouldn't we do well to understand what the real spirit of Christmas is? That He's here to bring us together to remove all barriers, red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in His sight. Church, when we understand that it's not about economy, it's not about race, it's not about what side of the track, it does not matter what we come from. We all come from sin. What matters is where we're going. And it's through the spirit of Christmas and reconciliation. Thank God for His unspeakable gift. It's the spirit of relationship. We heard this morning reading from Isaiah. I want to read another. In chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself, not an emissary, not an angelic being, not some apparition, no, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, that which does not make sense, that science cannot explain, that we cannot sometimes wrap our head around. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name. Emmanuel. God with us. Not God for us, which is wonderful. Not God around us, which is good. Not God in the vicinity. No, God with us. Y'all get that? Is that anything with God with us? And whether we're in a plane, in a train, riding down the road, out in the field, up in the deer's stand, at a shopping mall, sitting in a pew, sitting on our couch, God with us. God with us. Church, the spirit of relationship says God has come to be with us. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Romans, Paul says that we have the adoption of children of God. Grafted in. Though we were born part of the family. Born into the family. Adopted into the family. The Bible tells us throughout the New Testament that we are the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. We are engaged to the Savior. And one day as born again believers, He's coming in the clouds and going to bring us up and we're going to go to heaven and oh, what a marriage supper that will be. Because of the spirit of relationship. And He's not some God in a box. That He's not just this mean ogre that sits in His kingdom. We get an idea that He's some kind of Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, movie-injected God with this green, hazy smoke. Listen, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father bestowed upon you that you should be called the children of God. 
is a heavenly father that gave his son that we may have a real relationship. Church talk is cheap, gifts are hollow. Christ is eternal. So, this Christmas, may we have a spirit of remembrance. Do you have one? Can you go back and say, I remember the day Jesus saved me. I remember the day that I fell under such great Holy Ghost conviction. That spirit that I read about in 1 Corinthians, the Spirit of God overwhelmed me. He convicted and convinced me that I was hopeless, I was helpless, and without Jesus, nothing mattered. If you don't have that memory, then Christmases are never going to get better. They're all going to be about shopping and eating and recovering from being with a bunch of people you don't want to be with. That's the truth. But if today you are in that spot and you don't have the spirit of Christmas, not the spirit that makes slaves fly, no, the Spirit that changes our life. The Spirit of God that overwhelms us to the point that even John in his mother's womb, hearing that there was going to be a Messiah, that Spirit that made him leap in his mother's womb will make us leap in joy that Christmas really is one of the most wonderful times of the year. Because it's about Jesus. Not about presents and trees and, and gift wraps and parties and food and all that. But listen, this is what's really cool. When Jesus saves you, you can still enjoy most of all that. You know what you got to give up to follow Jesus? You know what you have to give up? Sin. And sin's going to kill you. The wages of sin is death. Get a clue. Wake up and smell the victory of redemption through the Spirit of God. Come with a song. Today, the Spirit of God moving in your life by example. That example won't change your experience until redemption takes hold of your life. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Reconciled. The wall tore down. You need reconciliation. Brought back to where you were when you were saved. Baptized. You need to get back to where God wants you to be. You need to just come pray and say, God, I... Forgive me. I have failed you. I have fallen short. I have backslidden. Whatever you want to call it, as long as you call it sin, and out of the will of God, come and say, God, I'm broken. You ain't got to tell me. But we are going to have those here to pray with you. We want you to come and dedicate your life to the Lord if God's moving in your life. Come and be saved. Dedication won't get you to heaven. Repentance. Repentance. Say, God, I'm a sinner. Lost without Jesus. But I believe you died for my sins. Lord, forgive me and save me. Whatever you need to do. You need to be baptized. You need to join with this fellowship of believers. You've been saved baptized. Whatever you need to do. Do not leave here disobedient to the power of God. Enjoy the spirit of Christmas. Stay in the company.
Anything else before we pray? There is a youth parents meeting going to take like 10 minutes after church in the evening. Youth meeting, right after. Mamas go back there, men stay out here and fix all this stuff. If you're visiting with us today, I was in the back here to welcome. God bless you. We're glad you're here. This is the kind of Sunday we can have every Sunday. Singing, didn't Bill do a great job? Amen. Amen. Aren't you proud of all this? Yes. Over $600. Yes. I think the last raised about four grand. We're already at pretty much at that goal. And so now, you agree with that? We're already, yeah, we're already there. So last year, yeah, amen. Last year, we gave $7,566. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just believe God would bless us to give sacrificially that we see that double. So 15 grand. But we still got this week, next week, the week after to bring in our sacrificial gift to Lightly. Let's blow 15,000 out of the water. Just because missionaries need it. We need to tell people about Jesus. So you pray about what you're getting to Lightly. You write a check and just put on Eastside Baptist on the body put Every dime, every penny, no administration fee, nothing stays in the United States. Every penny goes to the mission field. So you pray about giving it to that. Anything else?